time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, hilarious young comic who makes some funny videos. This kid's going places. Chris Calagero. We're going to be talking to Chris in just a second. First, let me thank the folks that sponsor this podcast for real. Starburns.com. Google them and never worry about laughing again. We got Advice Corner and Fiery Four and Pop Quiz coming up. Good show. And as always, before we get to my guest, Chris Calagero, Time for the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Glassanine, the eyeglasses that help you see stupidity coming. College hoops, the tournament is like our certain death. It's only a week away. Wisconsin, the number one seed in the Big Ten? Like the scent of seafood at a perfectly good steakhouse, they just keep coming at you. Oregon wins the Pac-12. Hey, Portland, free bird scooter rides to your pot dispensary. Florida State wins the ACC. Harder to catch than a glimpse of your neighbor's wife naked. Big East! Seton Hall loses, but backs into a share of the title like a Winnebago with no side mirrors. Kansas (laughs) takes the Big 12 and wins a silo of double gluten wheat. That wrap-up brought to you by Pocket Combs. Just throw us out already. NBA, Lakers beat the Clippers to the shock of the 17 people left inside L.A. city limits. Houston loses to Charlotte. James Harden has more turnovers than Marie Callender's. UFC 248, Israel, <clears throat> Adesanya, decision Yoel Romero in five rounds. That had less action than the Purell counter at Walgreens. Those items sponsored by Bill O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Fuck it, we'll fix it live at Bill O'Reilly's Auto Parts. NFL! <laughs> Latest Tom Brady rumor, he'll be traded to Project Runway for Christian Siriano and a strapless gown to be named later. XFL! The Quad City Three Amigos beat the Catalina Islanders by forfeit when the Islanders decided to surf instead. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1936, the place Florida, the first ever stock car race is held in Daytona Beach. 84 years later, that historic spot is marked by a naked guy in a body tattoo trying to pee into a liter of Mountain Dew. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by Knitways Expandabelt Funnel Pants. Pour any belly into a pair of knitways. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, tremendous young comic with a rep for great online videos. Oh, you're going to love these. They're making a ton of noise. Chris Calagero. Chris, how are you today? Oh, my God, Chad. I'm wonderful. Big fan. Long time. Long time fan. Awesome. Listen, uh, I always tell people what my uh, guests are built like, and you're kind of built like a uh, a hammer thrower who's uh, who likes pot. That's kind of how you're built. You have that body. Yeah, yeah I got like a hammer thrower's body and a guy who cries at rom-coms kind of mind, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, uh, yeah. did, you, did you grow up in New York? I grew up in New Jersey. 
Who's Jersey your team, baby? Well, you mentioned one of my teams who blew it this weekend two times. Seton Hall. That's my that's my squad, my basketball squad, uh, my college team. And then I like the I like the Nets, the Devils, and the Jets. Nets, Devils, and Jets. That's an interesting combination. That's and not- the Yankees. Oh, oh, and the, yeah, 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 you had to throw that in in the end, didn't you? Yeah, ever heard about them, baby? Yeah, the Yankees. Ever heard about the Yankees? Uh, <laughs> damn the Yankees! As as a Midwestern guy myself, uh, the Twins often uh, fall on their sword oh, against the Yankees. Uh, we own those babies. We crush the Twins. Yeah, that's true. As uh, there was a comedian named Tom Papa who once referred to the Twins as adorable, which is sort of the perfect <laughs> phrase if you're yeah. a Yankee fan. So now, did you go to Seton Hall or you went to Scranton or someplace, didn't you? No, I went to the University of Scranton, yeah. Yeah, now, they're, they're not in the tournament, are they? They No, they <laughs> don't believe make it? In, uh, in competition, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, well, at we're least, D3. yeah, at least there's no student debt there because they probably paid you to show up at Scranton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're D3. We do it for the love. That's the real stuff, you know? That is. That is the real uh, – you do it for the love of the game because you don't really have the skill level. That's it. That's, yeah. Uh, they don't – they don't. They never finish that quote. It's always, we do it for the no. love. Uh, dot, yeah, there's dot, a lot dot. more to it. Yeah. And we're, we're usually very hungover and we don't really want to exert ourselves too much. Damn it, that's college. That's the way <laughs> college should be. Now, yep. uh, so you, you're, you go to high school in New Jersey. You decide on University of Scranton. Why Scranton? Well, uh, they, ha- they they were willing to have me, which was a big factor um, in picking that college because there was a moment there when I was uh, applying to colleges where I think my mom definitely thought I was not going to get into any of my choices. <laughs> So, like I was just getting rejected, and I was I was very in college in high school. I had like no work ethic at all, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'll probably get it somewhere. Who cares? And my mom was just like, every rejection letter, she, I could see her like tensing the steering wheel on the car, you know, like white knuckling it while like trying not to smack me in the face. But um, yeah, they they accepted me, and then uh, I liked it, and I went there, and it's I love it. I, I love the university. That's pretty impressive. Now, what's the nickname of the University of Scranton? Let me guess. The University of Scranton Miners. <laughs> that would be a good one, huh? You, little, you know a little about our little anthracite coal action going on there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, no, they're the Royals. The Royals? Yeah, it's not, it's not exactly the best nickname. Yeah, uh, no, they really didn't just, put any thought into that. They pretty much just no. cut cards. And, no, uh, but what's interesting is we have like a couple of club teams that um, go by the Wolf Pack. Oh, that's good. Which, I mean, just change it. Nobody's going to shame you for changing it to the Wolf Pack. It's so much cooler. No, nobody's paying attention. The Royal no. Wolf is the uh, oh. mascot. Yeah, I mean, just do it. Iggy, yeah, go for it. Now, what did you play any sports? No, I I played um, uh, intramural. Um, uh, Frisbee, uh, ultimate frisbee. <laughs> That's what I played. Intramural ultimate frisbee. Boy, nothing says drug abuse like that for us. I know, dude. <laughs> I got to tell you, man. I was about in college. I probably weighed seventy five more pounds than I weigh right now. Holy was, moly! You, so you were a big was, dude. You huge. were like, yeah, you were like huge. rugby. Yeah, I was like, I was huge, just full of Keystone Light, and um. I uh, I felt like I just I had no capacity to 
just, I just, all I cared about was drinking. So, like, we love playing Ultimate Frisbee. It was, like, very much a, a bum around college kind of sport to play. But here's the fun thing. We were the most obnoxious Frisbee players. You were? Yeah, we had, we had like, coordinated end zone dances and, like, we talked. We talked shit to people. So the point where people wouldn't shake our hands. We were like the worst. How do you do that in frisbee? The whole point of frisbee is to be friendly with it. The whole point of I, frisbee is when you lose the frisbee, people voluntarily turn it back over to you. But you guys went at it like the uh, '72 Oakland A's. Yeah, we were. We were. Yeah, we were really obnoxious. We were like, uh, it was. You remember when, um, like, the greatest show on turf was doing all their end zone celebrations? Yes. That's what we took our inspiration from. Wow. That's you know, impressive. We would do, like, the grenade toss where we threw the frisbee up in the air. We all go down at the same time. Uh, so you guys strange. could literally go into a bar in Scranton and get laid based off of the fact that you were the uh, ultimate frisbee champs. Yeah. I mean, if we had the capacity to know where we were at any given moment. <laughs> So, yes, consciousness helps. That tip brought to you by acetaminophen. Blow the aspirin <laughs> right into your face with acetaminophen. And H2O, the water with a prize in every bottle. Now, listen to me. I'm talking to Chris Calagero, who is pounding the East Coast uh, comedy-wise. Forget the main joints. Anybody can work the comedy cellar and all that crap. Here's some <laughs> of the places where Chris Calagero's been working. Listen to these. Lucky Jack's, the Niagara <laughs> Bar, the Side Ponytail, QED Astoria, and the Tip Top Bar and Grill. Have you worked a Sephora yet or a Quiznos? You're everywhere. You're even, this is, honest to God, you got a gig coming up at the Cutloose hair salon this is I, like this I, is a, a giant impractical joker sketch you are working you just walk into a place and start telling jokes i mean that's kind of how it is in brooklyn man i don't know like i'll play anywhere i've i've played anywhere from uh, i played a frozen yogurt shop off route 10 in, in new jersey and i've played a gelato shop in jersey city like i'll play i'll perform anywhere that takes a different kind of mindset and a different set of stones than walking on at a comedy club. People are I there mean, to see comedy, essentially. But, you know, when you go into places like this, uh, you know, that that's pretty amazing. What What's the difference in mindset for you from walking into a joint like this or walking into a comedy club? Uh, it's a little thing I like to call desperation. Maybe. Ah, um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I uh, the comedy club thing is it, I, it was a dream for me when I first started stand up. But now I find um, making my own way and doing the things that I want to do and creating creating the vibes that I want to create for myself much more appealing. Um, and so, you know, I, I run a show at this place called Friends and Lovers. It's a bar in Crown Heights. And every second Friday of the month, I just do a different show. uh Every month, there's nothing said about it. I, I'm doing a one-man show about New Jersey on March 13th, and then I run a variety show there, and then I, I run live podcasts there. So I'm just all about like making my stuff my way that makes me happy. 
Yeah, you are you are multi-layered. You're doing tons of stuff. We're going to get into more of that later. Well, one of the things you're doing, podcast called Morning Coffee, M-O-U-R-N. They're uh, my listeners, not big spellers, so i got to lay it out for them. Uh, yeah, lay it all out there. You discuss... Uh, death, grief, loss with other comics, yeah. uh, uh, which means uh, maybe I could get booked on there and talk about my sports casting career, which is a giant tragedy. <laughs> yeah. But this yeah, started – oh. yeah, you lost a, a roommate and that sort of yeah. inspires you to do this. Yeah, yeah. My, my best friend and roommate um, passed away a couple years ago, about uh, five years ago now. And, um, you know, at first I, I didn't think that I could, you know, have the – kind of the temerity to perform again. Um, and then I realized, you know, I was always going to perform and um, nobody was, not a lot of people discussed, you know, death and grief and mourning and how much it can weigh down on you that openly. And I found when I was talking to people about it, it was like a relief to both of us to be able to just hear minds on the subject. Um, and so I felt like it could help people to hear like, you know, comedians and people that are trying to, and write jokes and all these things talk about a serious subject. Because the natural instinct is if you're going to sit down with a comic and talk about death, it's probably going to depress them even further, and then you'll be responsible for something ugly. But you took the <laughs> yeah. other approach, and it actually turns out that it kind of lifts a little bit of a weight off their shoulders, and they kind of open up a little bit. Yeah, it does. I've gotten to know uh, comedians um, who I've known for years, you know, banging around doing shows together. And then I sit down and talk with them and I, I realized, you know, I didn't really know their stories. I didn't know what they've been through. I didn't know their feelings on, on loss and, and what that can do to a person's um, uh, heart and soul and mind. Um, so it was like, oh, I saw a person that I've known for five, six, seven years in a new light, you know. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Moving on to yet another platform you do. We've already talked about uh, podcasting, talked about the stand-up, yeah. uh, talked about all kinds of live shows, one-man New Jersey show. Incidentally, uh, be careful. Last guy tried that, Jimmy Hoffa. I'm just saying, watch <laughs> yourself, Chris. All right, let's talk yeah, thought, uh, the I show the you're Irish doing. Man. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, you, your mom's already had enough disappointment. <laughs> don't get her in trouble like this one. All right, not quite midnight, which is like oh, a, yeah. a stand-up slash late night kind of. T- 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 what is yeah. this all about? This is exactly what you said. It's a, it's like a, it's a mishmash variety show, late night hybrid stand-up show. So we started it. Me and my co-host Courtney McGinnis, who's one of the best comics in New York. Um, we started it uh, with the idea that, you know, we would pretend people had their five minute late night slot and then they do a five minute set and then they come and sit with us on the panel and, and talk about whatever kind of uh, things that were in their jokes or whatever they want to talk about or prepared questions for them. Um, and then it kind of turned into a little bit of like a controlled chaos kind of thing where people can do whatever they want with their time. And then they come and we sit on panel with them and we play this game that I created called Let's Get Weird Al, where we make two people um, take a song, a popular song, and they get a suggestion for the song. And then during the course of the show, they go and write a Weird Al style parody and they perform it at the end of the show. That's pretty Um, impressive. Yeah, it's really fun. So it's just like, it's a really fun kind of chaotic, almost like cable access kind of vibe, but live. Uh, Yeah, it's and how long has that show been running? That's in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, we run it about four times a year because we put a lot of uh, 
a lot of and care into it. So it's kind of like a daunting task every now and again. Um, so we run it four times a year, but we've been running it five years. And the next one is for the Brooklyn Comedy Festival on April 5th. Uh, so I got to try that, uh, putting a lot of care into my show. That sounds like yeah, a bad Yeah, out. I was going to say, man. Yeah, you know, that's a So now here you had another platform. Uh, you're like a reliever, like a closer with seven pitches. It's crazy. Let's talk your videos because these are what are really kind of uh, catching on and, and gaining a lot of yeah. traction. Uh, you're doing these videos. Uh, I'm sure they're popping up probably other platforms. I see them on the, on the Twitter. Uh, and yeah. you can go to at uh, Real Chris Cal to see these, at Real Chris Cal. But uh, every time I see them, they're fun. Uh, you do one. Uh, now, uh, let, let me just tell the people the kind of things yeah. you're doing. No you problem. do like a quick minute video, uh, like every cliche movie character of all time. Then you got another one every police chief in an action movie <laughs> then you got another yeah. one the comic relief character in every horror movie uh you got a north jersey language tutorial you got a <laughs> poop in your pants stories you got so so you're really tackling these but yeah. you're really keeping them digestible they're bite size you can lock it yeah. what made you lock into this did you just try one and it worked or did you kind of have something inside of you that said I, I actually think i could be good at 45 seconds well it, it was it was kind of a good combination of things to be honest like there was an app that came out about a, uh, a year and a half ago called laugh exchange and what they wanted was you know 15 to 60 second videos and they had it was like a like a crowdfunding kind of thing where or like a contest where people would vote on their favorite videos and you could win real money off of it. Um, and so I decided I didn't want to just submit my stand up. I was trying to like at that, it was kind of coincided with a moment where I was trying to expand the ways that I could be funny in the world. And um, I really love kind of acting and, and being a goober on camera. So I started making some things and, and the police chief one that you mentioned was the first one that, that hit really hard on social media because I, I put them up on social media and they, they did okay. But like that police chief one hit, it like won me some money on the app and then I put it on Twitter and all of a sudden it started going crazy on Twitter. And I was like, this is really fun. And so I've seen a million movies growing up, but like, you know, I was kind of raised by pop culture and uh, I just have this kind of knowledge in my head and enjoy these characters and these cliches. And I just started popping them out. And then I started expanding it out to other things. And I realized, you know, as frustrating as it can be, the bite-sized way to do it is is what people are doing. It's what people can, can take in and watch. Yeah, no kidding. And, and uh, uh, I'm telling you, it suits you great. And it's, it's, uh, 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 those are the right spikes for this turf, I think, for you. Yeah. I, I, I think you're locked in now. And, and uh, Thanks, yeah, that uh, you got to go see them. At Real Chris Cal, uh, that's Chris Calagero in uh, this portion of the yeah. broadcast brought to you by Talcoholics. Get addicted to dryness with Talcoholics and Shirt Tales, the Broadway musical about the life of a flannel shirt in the 90s, plus Crime Scene Tape. Make any room more intriguing with Crime Scene Tape. Now listen, I got a bonafide hard-charging up-and-comer with me. Time for Advice Corner. Actual takeaway from the great Chris Calagero, who's on 19 different platforms, three of them you don't even know about. They're just in Russia. All right, I'm going to ask you five questions. Uh, you never know, Chris. Uh, yeah, kids could be listening and, and excited about trying yeah. to get into show business, so let's give them some advice. Uh, here's question one. You don't sit still. A quick tip 
for new stand-ups, uh, what should what what would be your one tip for a new stand-up? Honestly, it's it's interesting. My my tip for a new stand-up is is this is it seems boring and not helpful, but get used to standing on stage. That will help you so much. The idea of just being present and standing on stage and being in the room with the audience and not not fussing around, not moving around too much, not pacing, not making people nervous. Like owning your stage space will help you with your confidence and your jokes will be imbued with a confidence that will carry them even when the writing is kind of maybe trailing behind at first when you start. Yeah. But like get used to being on stage. And for millennials, it's probably actually a, a physical workout to have to stand <laughs> somewhere for five minutes. How do you handle yeah. any fear of the tech side? Of making videos, if you have any fear, or if anybody might have a little bit of fear, ooh, how do I edit this? What program do I use? I don't have a tech head. Uh, right, right. What advice would you give? How do you handle it? Uh, I would say take your time with it, and honestly, if you have any questions or issues or you're, you're worried about editing software or how to do a thing, Seriously, the best thing you can do is type that question into Google. And there's so many tutorials and people who've made videos on how to do certain things that I guarantee your question is A, not dumb, and B, solvable in a short amount of time. Well, you haven't heard my questions. Uh, (laughs) They might be dumb. Best way to handle a crowd that barely knows it's a comedy show. Well, like we were talking, sometimes, uh, Chris Calagero, you're, you're really just interrupting the second shift at a room deodorizer factory. You're just walking into places and doing a comedy show. How do you yeah. handle a crowd that, that doesn't really know w- what's coming? That is a great question. Um, I The thing is, don't, don't get mad at them like they are hecklers. I think that that is an instinct that you want to reach for, um, especially early on when you are doing stand-up and you think, I'm going to blow this heckler up because you've seen that in pop culture and on, and on social media and stuff. They, you've interrupted their evening, so find a way to ingratiate yourself to them and let them know that you understand that this is weird and bear with you and then do your jokes as best you can and then don't take anything personal when you're done. That's impressive. Live in the moment. Quick tip to calm your nerves at an audition. You do, you're out on a lot of acting stuff. Uh, what's the one thing you do to go, okay, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm calming down now? Yeah, that, um, it's, uh, it's kind of an existential one, I would say. <laughs> you got to remember, I just tell myself, no matter what happens here, everybody in my life who loves me is still going to love me. I have all my support still. If I bomb this audition, nothing changes in my life for the worse, and everybody that counts to me is still there in supporting me. Well, I, I agree, although I would look at your diploma carefully because I think the University of Scranton can yank that at any time. That I Advice mean, Corner brought to you by Pig Screen TV. Watch TV and cook bacon with Pig Screen TV. Now, oh, this is exciting. It's time for the Fiery Four. The Fiery Four. Chris Calagero, these are sports takes more challenging than spelling Paulina Paratskova's name. Fire number one. Should Tom Brady leave New England? 
Yes, get him out of there. I'm a Jets fan. Go. Go <laughs> away. You don't care about anything. Fire number two. How come your Brooklyn Nets fired coach Kenny Atkinson? They're on track to make the playoffs. They, they don't have any I, players. They're all injured. Their best players like Kirk Cameron or somebody. Some of them. In I... This one, I don't know. All I can, I can only feel the ghosts of the New Jersey Nets haunting the franchise. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, well said. Fire number three. Lakers just beat the Clippers. Are the Clippers already starting to choke, or is this an anomaly? I get to say anomaly when I ask that question. And I do practice for that one. Um, I did. Uh I think the Clippers are done. I think this is it. It's the Lakers here, and, and they all they all of a sudden, for the first time, I think in history, are a sympathetic pick. So get out of the way. This is their year, man. Yeah, that's really true. And finally, fire number four. Topsy-turvy year in college hoops. Give me your pick to take it all. Uh, I smell Seton A little Hall basketball coming. team called the Seton Hall Pirates, Pirates baby. <laughs> Come on. This is our year. There's no clear number one anymore. This is it. And and they just lost two uh, yeah. in the tourney. But uh, you look back, that, you look at the records, a lot of teams look like they're faltering going into yep. the conference tourney. Then, boom, they just pull it all together, and, and they take Power, off. baby. Yeah, that's the way to do it. The Pirates of Seton Hall uh, uh, channeling P.J. Carlissimo, who formerly yeah. coached there. That Fiery Four brought to you by River Glance, the Irish dance show where only their eyes move. River Glance. Now, I understand you may have a pop quiz for me. Uh, this is, uh, folks, where my uh, guest asks me questions. I'm now 977 and 2, but I'm on a hot streak, Chris. I'm 3-1 one, and 1 oh, in my last five. Yeah. Uh, so right, uh, right, the, right. Great, the great uh, New York comedian Chris Calagero is going to ask me three questions. Hang Hang on, we got a theme song for this. Listen to this, Chris. Pop, pop, quiz. Yeah. See, that's what I do when I fear technology. I just sing into a microphone. I prefer the extended version that you sent me, which is four and a half minutes. Yeah, well, I couldn't get David Gilmore from Pink Floyd uh, live in studios. (laughs) All right, here come the three questions from Chris Calagero. Let's see if I can handle them. All right. uh, Who scored the most? points in one quarter of an NBA game? Most points in one quarter of an NBA game? Oh, boy. I'm going to go Allen Iverson. No. Sorry. Clay Thompson, baby. 37. Wow. And he's yeah. out with like uh, only out in, uh, only out west. Only only in the Western Conference of the NBA yeah. can you be out with like a uh, hangnail. I think that's what Clay Thompson's <laughs> out with. Yeah. That's, yep. All right. I'm 0-1. Uh, Let me see if I can even it up. All right, we're moving off of sports and into the realm of movies. Who has the most Oscar nominations in history without ever winning one? Oh, boy, most Oscar nominations in history without ever winning one. I am going to go. Boy, that's a good one. Uh, Hmm, let me think. I'm going to go It's a guy, and I'm going to go Richard Burton. Ooh, you're close. That was close. That's close. Peter O'Toole but with eight, but Burton, I think, is second with seven. Damn! That's not yeah, bad. Yeah, that's good. Well, no, it's, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good, although it's still... Oh, and two! 
All right, yeah. let me see if I can save my dignity, Chris Calagero. Throw it at me, the rubber question. It's not rubber right now because I already lost two little things. Uh, who created the United States Coast Guard? Who created what? The United States Coast Guard. The United States Postcards? Coast. Like oh, a, Coast, Coast Guard. Yeah. <laughs> the postcard is that? I don't know. <laughs> well, I can tell you who uh, created United States postcards. That's Hallmark. Uh, the United States Coast Guard was created, uh, I'm going to say, uh, by, uh, I'm going to go with Thomas Jefferson. Uh, his rival, close, Alexander Hamilton. Wow, I was just in the shadows on all of those. You Damn were. it. You were. That you was were. The, You're right there. That was the closest shutout uh, in the in the history of the pop quiz. That pop yeah. quiz brought to you by Incognito. You'd never guess we're plumbers. My guest today, the raucously funny Chris Calagero. Follow Chris on Twitter at RealChrisCal. Go to ChrisCalagero.com for upcoming dates and all kind of funny stuff. Go see these videos uh, that Chris puts out there. Uh, they're so funny. And I, I got a suggestion for you. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, 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 stock quotes, stock coaches quotes from sports movies. Oh, I do have one ultimate inspirational movie coach. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say, yeah. yeah. Extend it, get, get into the whole, damn it. <laughs> You're not digging yeah. deep enough, all that stuff. Chris, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate it, man. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse. Follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Uh, go to jeffcesario.com. He's got an album coming out soon. What was I thinking it's called on 800 Pound Gorilla? Thanks to all of you for listening. Support my sponsor, Starburns.com. If you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in Sun Snake, Arizona for the 13th annual Rusty Golfers Invitational. Anyone who hasn't picked up a club in 15 months, come on down. Features cash prize for most lost balls, club toss distance, and heaviest divot. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.